You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 446, 134th time the charm. Whatever. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Podcast 446. And uh, guess what? We're back. And fingers crossed. Touch wood. Yeah. I'm touching my head at the moment, as I think Guy probably is at the same time. We could be on good audio, but only time will tell. And Guy's keeping his fingers crossed, his toes crossed, and his legs, I believe, are also crossed. If he's still there. Can you talk? Is your tongue tied or crossed, Guy? No, no, I, I can talk. Uh, my legs aren't crossed, though. Oh, but oh, okay. that's for a whole different reason. Uh, oh, good. I don't want to know. Let's move on. <laughs> Probably no. Nobody, nobody wants to know, Gaz. <laughs> nobody wants to know. <laughs> so, what have you, what have you got going on? Um, I have a disappointing iPhone app usage this week. I've, I was actually on um, IMP this weekend. I don't think it's out yet. It probably will be out by the time we release our podcast. And right. I, I came up with the idea that I've got an anti-pick. <laughs> rather than the pick i had an anti-pick and it was um the o2 um app ref link which i think they call it match day the o2 match day app and i was looking forward to it being a referee i like to hear what the international referees or the premiership referees are, are saying when they're they're refereeing sure. the games and it's, it can be really interesting because um very often they'll actually almost commentate the game but this particular app, well, first of all, it's from O2, which is a network provider over here. In fact, they're also an ISP, but they're mainly an, a, a network provider. So I was expecting to be able to use it on the 3G network, of course, as they are a 3G supplier, you would think. <laughs> However, in the um, bar where uh, me and uh, some friends were watching the game, uh, the app said... Mm, much better, actually, if you're on a Wi-Fi connection. And I thought, boo hiss, that's not very good. Anyway, luckily for me, there was a Wi-Fi connection. So I thought, right, I'll get onto that Wi-Fi network. Got onto the Wi-Fi network. We are experiencing difficulties <laughs> at the moment because of the popularity of the app. I'm thinking, the game only happens at this time. You know how many downloads you're getting. You, uh, so that annoyed me. And also, it wanted to know my location. And I thought, hang on a minute, why do you need to know my location app? You don't need to know my location to feed me this audio. So, boo, hiss, O2 on your match day app. I wasn't impressed, because when I did finally get it working, the audio coming through was dreadful. You think you, you sometimes have bad audio, which I think yeah. actually you go over the top, guy. I think it's not normally as bad as you think. But anyway, their audio was dreadful. So there you go. That was my anti-pick. Well, also, I mean, they're, they're, sorry, they're a, they're a um, like you said, they're, they're an ISP and a carrier provider, and they insisted that you use Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah, that was that was rather funny. It was disappointing, really. Disappointing. Because it's only audio they're streaming. I mean, we've got the BBC radio app, and it does fine. No problem at all. And, and 
I've actually streamed video of the 3G, so come on, get a grip. I wasn't. Well, it sounds like they didn't really dedicate the kind of resources. No, they I don't think I, they probably. The app. Yeah, they probably underestimated the usage. But there you go. There you go. Uh, they well, may, it, I'll give it one more try. I will stick with it, and I'll give it another try, and uh, I will report back if it's any better. So the first time usage, boo hiss, rubbish. But if it gets better, I will come back and I'll give it a thumbs up if it deserves it. <laughs> well, um, we'll see about that. Also, also, I've been thinking about getting a GoPro or GoPro, uh, you know, similar product because when we oh, do yeah. our, when we do our walking, um, I would like to take a, take a time lapse uh, video of the walk on the Southwest Coastal Path. However, I had a quick chat with um, uh, his lordship Don McAllister, and he would. And, know. <laughs> well, I think he's got one or he's had use of one. And he said that the video was very, or the images that were taken were very blurry because you can't actually, you know, increase the shutter speed because really you've got to, you know, as you're walking along, you could be like taking a step when it's taking the picture and you could actually be pumping your foot down onto the floor, which is going to create a jerk through your body. And I'm going to be having this on uh, my rucksack, which is obviously going to be over my shoulders. So I can imagine, you know, it could be a little bit blurry from that perspective. And I have seen one or two video um, videos of time-lapse uh, with people walking with the, the GoPro. And in darker conditions, I can see that happening. But I think the bigger issue is the jerkiness of the level when you're taking the images, which is a bit unfortunate, really, because I really like to take this. Because when somebody takes a time-lapse, very often the camera is static or, sure. it's, or it's moving on a plane very gradually. So, that you know, the images, everything around it is moving, but the camera itself is very still. And um, when you're walking along with it, or even if you put it on a motorbike or a surfboard or something else, the frame is very rigid, so it actually creates that stability for the camera. Um, when you're walking, obviously, and, and you're taking a picture, you could be taking an upward step or a downward step, so the level of the image is going to be always jerky and going up and down. So I'm not sure whether I'm still going to get one and perhaps try and take a long video and then possibly just speed that video up. Because yeah, I, well, I was going to say, um, uh, how long typically are these walks? Uh, uh, <laughs> are you ready for this? Yeah, anywhere between four and eight hours. Ooh, yes, Ooh. yes, I know. Um, so it's going to have to be uh, a lower res a res uh, video, and it's going to have to be on at least I would say a sixty-four gigabyte um, SD card. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you know, pretty much, I was going to suggest what you just said is take it at you know the regular twenty-nine point. And what is it? Nine five frames a second, thirty frames a second. Yeah, and then uh, slow it down and post, or speed it up and post. Well, I what I might say. do is is either see if I can get hold of one from somebody and just do because we do quite a bit of walking anyway, so I can do a bit of an experiment and and see if that works. Um, so I'm going to go down that avenue and give that a try anyway. But again, I might have the same problem: the fact that it's it's going to be you know wobbling up and down as you know as i take a step up and down and you know we're going up steps down steps so we'll have to see I'm, i'll give it a bit of experiment oh, i what i what i was thinking if i was going to take video was um possibly then i might have to see if i can um do some tests with the iphone if i can fix that in place because then at least i'd get an idea of what the image uh, is going to be like because there's no way i want to hold it and i don't want to walk six to eight hours uh with a camera on my head <laughs> well, um, you could get you could get like a baseball cap, 
Yeah. And like mm-hmm. set up some kind of little framey things so that you yeah. can. Oh no, your, no, you can get your iPhone can, in. Uh, the iPhone. Yeah, no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> No, it'd be so stylish. It, it'll be it'll be like one of, having one of those um, baseball caps with the you know the, the cans of coke in each side, you know, with the straws coming out. Yeah. Well, you don't like those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if any listeners have got any ideas, let me know right into the show. Contact right. details. It, it doesn't involve ends. two cans of of coke <laughs> on either side, or GoPro camera on one side, <laughs> and then the iPhone. Camera now you're on the, talking because okay, you, you then could I could have 3D. It, you could take it like in yeah, 3D. 3D walk sped up yeah. along <laughs> a, a scenic path. Perfect. Okay. Anyway, I'm smelling Oscar. What's been happening in your life? Uh, well, I did the uh, uh, Mark Greentree's Not Another Mac podcast yesterday, and it was actually the first time that I, I actually tried the, the whole setup that I'm doing now. With uh, And a big, huge props to Dave Hamilton of the Mac Geek Gab for sitting down with me, basically taking over my computer from his home in uh, up there in the northern part of the, the U.S. and helping me get through all of this. Gave me some great tips on dealing with like the delay problems that, that you and I were having, and, and hopefully that's all solved now. We'll see. But as of this week, anyway, I am recording directly in GarageBand, which means I don't... like. One of the steps of post-processing is now eliminated. I won't have to worry about that part anymore. And we'll see how it sounds. I, I imagine that I'll still need to tweak it as time goes on. Yep. And once I've got it down to a T, I'll probably write an article and uh, put that up on my Mac. Or, or maybe I'll even talk about it here on the show because it is complicated, <laughs> to say the very least. Well, Com- there's a surprise, Complicated it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a nutshell, I'm basically using uh, two-channel Soundflower to send a uh, soundboard. No, no! And um, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Oh, that's odd. What? No, no! I'm nobody sure. expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure if uh, if soundboard is coming over to there. Well, it's coming over to me. I heard it. Okay. 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 Um, well, we'll, we'll, well it's, we don't have the, often have a lot of soundboard in the first section, so we'll, we'll perhaps try to check, check it out. No! Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll check it out later. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not there, it's not there. We don't have any. We don't have any audio feedback this week, so um, it's it's not going to be that big of a deal. So anyway, um, you know, he he's got the whole thing and, and gave me a hand with it. It's all set up, and, and so now instead of of going either through Call Recorder or Audio Hijack Pro and then having to drag that into GarageBand and having to, you know, futz it back and forth to try to get them lined up. It's already in GarageBand, and there's nothing for me to, to have to futz with. Cool. Huh. Had to huh. say that carefully. Yeah. I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that wouldn't have been good. Well, why don't we um, why don't we go over to the, the My Mac podcast? I think uh, we should. Uh, sorry my mac website and uh i'll do the first one okay it's the rhapsody music subscription service it's a review from bert clanchard when steve jobs introduced the original ipod he told us that people wanted to own their music not rent it now that there is sufficient bandwidth to support streaming subscription services such as rhapsody have become a compelling alternative to downloading and storing music on your computer 
if you spend around $10 a month on music, Rhapsody makes sense. He gives it a uh, My Mac Review rating of 8 out of 10. And I have to back him up there on that statement because my eldest daughter, um, before she went away to um, Fiji for eight months, she was just using Spotify, which is basically the same sort of service. And uh, right. it, she does have a lot of music, which she you know previously owned and bought. But now, as far as she's concerned, Spotify is the way forward. So, yeah. Yeah, that's. I think it's. I think it's going to be happening. I think iTunes might have to change its uh, its ways in the future. Have a new model, alongside it, alongside its existing model. I think. Anyway, yep. next next on the website, um, lavender bags. This is a review from Elisa. You say Pacelli, and I say Pacelli. When the Levenger staff bag arrived in the mail for her to review shortly before Macworld, Elisa realised that she had a win-win situation. The staff bag was exactly what she was looking for, and for Macworld stroke Iworld would be would be the perfect place to put the bag through its paces. Go over and read her review, and the bag does get a rather high nine out of ten. And uh, we also have another review from Elisa. You say Pacelli, and I say Pacelli. <laughs> it's fantastical for the Mac and the iPhone. I don't use the built-in calendar apps on my MacBook or iDevices very much. I still love my paper calendar hanging in the kitchen. There was nothing compelling about calendar apps that made me want to use them. Since I was used... Ah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Since I started using Fantastical, I've had a change of heart. My Mac review rating of the Mac version is 7 out of 10, and for the iOS version is an 8 out of 10. Now, I think we've got a battle of the bags here this week, although uh, the next one is by Julie Cool. <laughs> it's Keel, not cool, you <laughs> podcasting fool. Um, this is the Strotter Platformer bag. Now, I've got a feeling this is used more on motorbikes, so slightly different than the previous bag, but you'll have to read the articles to find out for sure. Anyway, the Platformer bag caught her eye straight away on her first walk through the Macworld iWorld Expo floor. Okay, it was really the display with the guy standing next to a motorcycle which attracted her attention. <laughs> I think it was the motorcycle. Mm, yeah, all right. Okay, yeah. But he was wearing the bag. Yeah, you see, she did look because she wouldn't notice the bag otherwise, but she had to check it out. Anyway, this also <laughs> gets this also gets a 9 out of 10. So, yeah, battle of the bags this week. And uh, next up is a review by Kurt Blanchard for Photo Magico version 4.2. One of the best features of Photo Magico is the ability to export your slideshow in a variety of formats. To almost slipped into DJ voice, depending <laughs> on your needs. QuickTime video burned to a DVD, playable on a TV, iPad, iPhone, Apple TV, YouTube, or even its very own standalone player. When my Mac reviewed Photo Magico 4 in November of 2012. It earned a very high score. The new version adds even more creative presentation power, and he gives it a My Mac review rating of 9 out of 10. Uh, finally, Progress. Tech Fan Podcast number 109. Tim and David talk about the changes to Microsoft Office licensing, battery life of the iPad with constant use, and the Sony PlayStation 4 announcement. Now, other than that last one that I just mentioned, 
all of the other reviews do have a lot more detail in them. They have pictures and they have a lot more uh, writing on them. So if you if you're expecting the the articles just to have what we mention, please don't go over to the website and take a look because they're they the um, the writers do put a lot of effort into those reviews. Yep, yep. Uh, we got some feedback from email this week, Gaz, and it's from uh, someone someone that's uh, kind of familiar. Mm. Uh, it's it's not John Nemo, but it's Mrs. Nemo. <laughs> yes, cool. Yeah, and I I actually I've talked to her on the phone, but I've never actually met her. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've met their daughter. Uh, I've met his mother. Now, of course, I know John, but I have never met his wife. I have no idea what that has to do with what I'm about to say. Nor, nor do but I. I just thought I'd bring it. Up. <laughs> but <laughs> but you see, everybody now has so much more background information that they'll feel happier about that. Yeah, but they could be yeah. yawning, but they'll feel happier about it. <laughs> this is hi, G Men, Mrs. Nemo here. You did great, Gaz, on your Apple TV. Uh, pound, pound, pound. Yeah, pounds, <laughs> on eBay. Pounds, pounds on eBay. John and I each have a first gen iPad, thirty-two gigabyte, one with cellular, cellular, and uh, one regularly with Wi-Fi. <laughs> Should we now sell, trade them up for a single iPad, full size, fourth gen with Lightning, or wait until the fifth gen comes out soonish? We really only need one iPad because John has to ask me when he wants to borrow it. <laughs> if you get my drift. When we sell or trade, should we use Amazon's generous trade-in, which is, I, I checked this, it's 154 for the 32-gig first-gen, uh, Wi-Fi only, and, uh, sorry, 145 for that, and then 155 for the 32-gig AT&T, or sell it ourselves. We are not eBay sellers, uh, for your information, and have no interest in doing it that way. Thanks. Great show. Is it always so much fun? John's podcasts are way too serious, in my opinion. <laughs> Miss, Miss, Mrs. N, or Miss, uh, the Mrs. Nemo. Yeah, that's brilliant. I like that. But what do you bit. think? Well, if you're not eBay sellers, then there are a lot of little tricks to eBay and making sure that you get the right sale. So if you're not regular um, sellers and you probably want as much, that that sounds pretty good, that trading actually from Amazon. Um, but it, the good thing about eBay is you can do some searching and just see see what they're going for. So if you did a search for obviously a 32 gig uh, Wi-Fi first generation iPad and you see that they're going for $250 on eBay, then obviously that $145 from Amazon, the trade-in is, is you know, you've got to decide whether it's worth the sure. hassle of then, you know, selling it on eBay. Because the one thing with eBay, especially if you use PayPal, um, pretty much they take around 10 to 12%. You lose 10 to 12% pretty much of your sale price. Um, and that's why, you know, when I said last week, I'd actually given you what I'd netted out at because I actually sold the unit for £190. Um, so you do lose out because you've got, obviously, the the bills of uh, putting it onto eBay. You've got the bill of them when you've sold it, they charge you. Then if you go through PayPal, that's where the big money kicks in, I'll tell you. Um, so, and then there's the hassle of wrapping it up and, and sending it off, which you sure. probably you probably have with, you know, any other process. If you can find somebody locally who's going to give you a, a reasonable price and you're happy with the price you get, then do it that way. But certainly, if you're good, if, you know, what's the point? Unless you're going to, if you've got the money to spare, then they're going to make great photo picture frames. 
but that does seem a bit over the top for them. You know, <laughs> get, get, get someone, or, you know, is there someone in the family that you could perhaps gift it to if you, if you feel that way? But if you really need to sell them because you haven't got the money to, to be able to um, get, a new, you know, one, get yeah. a new one, which I fully appreciate and fully understand because I have to go through that process myself, then, um, you know, that trading, look for a few other options on trading because isn't there a, somebody called Gazelle? Do they not do trade-ins and give you money for all yeah, equipment yeah, as well? Yeah, Gazelle does trade-ins too. But again, you know, those people that are giving you trade-ins, including Amazon, they've all got to make their money uh, on the device as well. So uh, you've got to take all of that into account. But I'd certainly use eBay just to see what sort of money you could possibly expect. And, and as I say, take about 10% off any top-selling prices that you see. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's a difficult one, that. It's, I do a lot of, I say I do a lot. I used to do quite a lot on eBay, and I know, you know a few of the tricks, and uh, it is an easy win-win situation as long as you get that sale. Yeah. Uh, I would mention, uh, I, I don't know if, if, it's, if it's in Europe. I'm sure that there's a similar service. Uh, it's called Craigslist, and it's, it's basically localized trading to whatever area you're in, and you can kind of specify how far afield um, that you know you want it to go whether when you're like searching for for items that's basically how I, I found this Mac Pro that I'm using now was off of Craigslist um, what those prices would be and and how much you would get for them is probably going to vary depending on what region you're trying to sell them in like for example a uh, an iPad would probably sell for more in San Francisco. Uh, than it would in well, like where you you know Tucson Arizona just because yeah. there's there's a, a higher number of people that are looking for something like that and but that's also not a bad place to go to check and see what what the current prices are and if you're comfortable with actually meeting people that are interested in buying your electronics yeah, yeah, in I have, person I've heard, I've heard some not horror stories but I've well yes yeah, some horror stories yeah there no um, there's been some real horror stories really yeah, so, so I, think, I think you have to make sure that you go possibly with a you know a friend or two with going to you know, a public place, don't meet, you know, oh, down a, an so. alley or, you know, don't let them come to your house, that sort of stuff. So um, I think you have to be a little bit careful when you do it on that. But yeah, you know, I, they, I actually went to the guy's house that I bought the Mac Pro from, and yeah. I think he was surprised that I was as big <laughs> as I was. And I actually went, have- oh, this is funny. I went to the wrong house first. <laughs> And I was, you know, when I realized I wasn't in the right house, I got my, or not at the right house, I got my phone out and I'm like hitting buttons trying to find out where it is. And the guy that owns the house whose my car was in front of comes out and he's like, who are you? What are you doing here? I mean, he was so super paranoid. And I said, yeah, I'm looking for, and you know, I gave the guy's name. And as soon as I said that guy's name, his whole attitude changed, not for the better. And I found out, <laughs> I found out when I, when I actually got to the right house, that these two guys had been fighting over, you know, God only knows what, but they really just despised each other. And here I was parked in his driveway saying, yeah, I'm looking for this guy that you just absolutely hate. And, you know, where can I find him? I don't know where he lives. I mean, he was a real jerk about it. Yeah, some But anyway, so uh, if unless you want to deal with somebody really big coming to your house or, or what have you, uh, you know, 154 and or 145 and 155 is probably you know not that bad a price for something no. that you're not going to have to you know do a whole lot of prep with. You're basically just going to send it to them, and and then you know they send you the money or, or give you a, a trade in allowance for 
your your next iPod, so, the iPod so, Four. So, what about the next question then? Should she wait? The problem with waiting is obviously the value of your original product will go down. So, it might be an idea to sell one of them at least, the one that gives you you know the best value for buck, which I'd say is the uh, Wi-Fi version. To be honest with you, because an extra ten dollars for you know the um, the AT and T version, I don't think is. A, a big compensation when yeah. there are at least a hundred dollars difference i think from you so sell one now or fairly soon if you can live with just uh having one which you're gonna have to get used to anyway or johnny's at least <laughs> um <laughs> and then so busted, and, and then and then at least you still got the next one if you want to wait for the five but, but i don't think the five will be coming out until uh august september october time probably yeah. september yeah i would agree with that um, there may be, uh, I think there'll be a new phone before then, but I don't think there'll yeah. be a new iPod before. No, I agree. I agree. Yep. Okay. We, there was a bit of a chat going on, on the Twitter stream, the guy and Gaz Twitter stream, uh, certainly a conversation, uh, from McNaddyco and Mr. David Cohen, uh, about the Google Chrome browser, the, uh, the pixel. So, um, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about that later, but, uh, yeah. Go over and join the Twitter stream. Again, contact details will be at the end of the show, like it normally is. We'll do this <laughs> later, folks. That's a stupid accent, isn't it, really? No, no, that's fine. That's, <laughs> but compared to some of mine, I can always pretend like I'm, I'm going like this, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm not going to. <laughs> now, uh-huh. now, the next one, I'm going to jump in here, actually, because yeah, you, you did kind of mention the fact that you'd spent a couple of hours with I, uh, Dave Hamilton IMing him, and he helped you out. So, yeah, good, good sport. David Hamilton's a jolly good sport from over at the Mac Geek Gab. Thumbs up, David. Thumbs up. Um, but, but what I also like was the fact that um, you said something like um, something about your voice, didn't you? Or, or yeah, that, that my my sound was just like I was listening to the the show we did last week, and I thought I just sounded awful. Yeah, and and the um, reply from Shadwell was, "Well, you're born with the sound you have, mate. <laughs> I don't hold <laughs> out much hope." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, thanks, thanks for the support. Yeah. See you at the next MacWorld, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant uh well we have a, a tech news of the weird before we end this segment um and it, it's actually a couple of weeks old but we just haven't had a chance to get around to it uh a thief broke into a, a microsoft office and apparently only stole apple products <laughs> this is from uh let's see the uh the post, Mac, Mac, the Daily Post. The Daily Post. It was the news article, but it was put on the Matt Gasm um, net website. The, uh, yeah. Net website. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, this happened at their Mountain View campus, and the thief left the building with five iPads <laughs> valued at roughly three thousand dollars. No, the thief didn't take a single Surface or Windows phone. The person who broke in stole two iPad twos, two iPad threes, one iPad four, according to a police sergeant. Uh, it says, by the way, the Mountain View campus is a research campus where new products are researched for security flaws, etc. This would lead us to believe that the place is stocked with Xbox, Windows phones, and Surface devices that are used for testing and building products. We don't know for sure, but given the time and place, there had to be plenty of Microsoft products kicking around. And when did these become so darn choosy? Oh, oh. I love that. Yeah, it's good. What, what I'd like to just point out to this uh, research campus, though, is perhaps how to look at some other security around the place as well. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would probably be a good idea. Get some locks on your doors. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to get us out of here, Gaz. Okay. Are you ready? Are you taking us out, guy? I'll take us out this, oh, this okay. week. I'm, okay. I'm just so so happy with this new setup, and I'll find out when I go back and listen to it how well it is doing. <laughs> Everyone, stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. That's to wake up, Gaz. Wake up! We'll be back yet. From the iTunes independent author Donnie Yankelo of Looking for a Dinosaur comes two new books your children will love. There's Jungle Jammin', where the animals form a band. Who will play what instrument? There's also Pirate Soars, where pirates and dinosaurs are combined in cool and fun ways. Both books feature full-color illustrations and rhyming sentences to keep your child thoroughly entertained. And at 99 cents, either one will break the bank. So go to iTunes and check out Pirate Soars, Jungle Jammin', and Donnie's previous children's book, Looking for a Dinosaur. And just in the nick of time, the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Hi everybody and welcome back to the second section of the MyMac podcast, number 446. 446, crikey guy. I just can't believe it, to be honest with you. I mean, it was around two, I know. 2008, I think it was, when I really started doing any sort of podcasting. And I'd, I really wouldn't have thought that, you know, coming up for five years later, that I'd still be podcasting. And I think <laughs> I think you and I have been going for some reasonable time, so it's good stuff. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. We we do have an anniversary coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got the ring on. <laughs> I did, did you like it? No. Don't, don't bite into it. It's a chocolate diamond made out of chocolate. <laughs> Made out of real chocolate, but there's oh, well, peanut butter on the inside. Bite into it then, <laughs> and keep it out of direct sunlight. <laughs> keep it in the fridge. <laughs> okay. Oh. now what's this? What's this about this um, Chromio Buckle Bixel Bookie yeah. Googly thing that we yeah, talked well, about here? You know, for for people that follow technology, um, Google has released uh, their own OS, and it's called Chrome. The the whole concept behind it is to have a very light hardware footprint and most of your your computing and your storage and your apps and everything else are kept in the cloud, which is great as long as you have connectivity. Not so great if you don't. So for for some of the devices that they've come out with, like they've got one called the Chromebox. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of this, Gaz. No. It kind of looks almost like a Mac Mini with two USB ports on the front. Right. Well, that's a bit... Okay. What, do, you, do you carry this thing around with you? Well, no, no, no. This is this is a uh, like a desktop machine. All right. So you can connect up one or two monitors to it. Yeah. Uh, it's got, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six USB ports. Uh, Ethernet import and and that's basically it. A couple of Display Ports so you can you know hook up a couple monitors, and it's you know for for a desktop machine the Chrome OS certainly makes somewhat more sense. 
the problem is, is, is a lot of people are now mobile. So yep. they're doing, they're trying to do a lot of stuff, you know, while being mobile. Yeah. So they released a, um, or actually not, I don't think they did, but a lot of companies released these Chromebooks and they were basically small laptops, kind of the size of netbooks that were running the Chrome OS, which was great as long as you had connectivity. So uh, Google has decided that they want to have a, you know, a high end Chromebook and they call it the Pixel. Ironic. And its price is twelve ninety nine. Now it's got a very nice screen. Actually, it, it compares. It's it's even a better screen than what the Mac, what the MacBook Air has. But it only has thirty two gigabytes of flash storage, and can only connect via Wi Fi, which means that if you're on a plane, for the most part, or you know someplace other than your home or a hotel that has Wi Fi. It's a very pretty expensive box. Now, the next model for fourteen forty nine has sixty four gigs of storage and LTE connectivity, so you can use it, you know, like at an airport or yeah. while driving yeah. down the road or, or whatever. But I guess the thing is, you know, does having a portable device that can only be useful when connected even make any sense? Well, and I- especially with a laptop computer. Okay, let's 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 try and think around that and wonder, uh, ask the question: Why would Google do that? First of all, um, I know why Google wants to have your, you know, they want to know as much about you as they possibly can, and they, well, you that's know, their they, whole business, yeah. But actually, advertising is is changing, I think, at the moment slightly. I, I mean, the more, but people seem to do things in apps a lot more than they used to. You know, you, you go to a website and it says, buy our app, you know, our free app, and you can see everything there. Well, that's not going to do Google advertising any good. So, you know, perhaps they're looking uh, on a wider scope and they've got to open up their portfolio of products that they sell. So, and, and moving forward, perhaps Wi-Fi will become slightly more ubiquitous. And certainly with the LTE giving you the ability to be, you know, far away from wi-fi but still within a network range you know could give you then the accessibility to be able to do the stuff that you would hopefully normally be able to do in a reasonable wi-fi district or a a reasonable area where you've got decent connectivity so perhaps they're thinking that this isn't a machine for today because certainly at 1299 you could get a reasonable macbook air for that can't you i mean that's yeah that, that that seems heavy on price so but didn't they bring out a cheaper version before? What was the the Google Chromebook that, that well, came out? Well, there was before? Acer, HP, and Samsung. Each came out with Chromebooks. Let me let me pull one of these up. Okay, because uh, it's an eleven point six inch display. This is the Acer C seven Chromebook, uh, one inch thin, three pounds, four hours of battery life. Boots up in less than twenty seconds, and it comes with and and you know, a hundred gigabytes of Google Drive storage free for two years. Now, that seems, you know, and this is part of the reason why these Chromebooks and even this one that's twelve ninety nine doesn't have much in the way of storage. Yeah. You've got this 32 gigs and, of storage, and, but there's no hard drive. But I've got to, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got to say that I'm, I still think that they're, they're possibly barking up slightly the wrong tree because people are doing more and more with video and images and photography sure. and those file sizes are only going to do one thing and that's get bigger 
So coming down with these sorts of sizes of, of hard drives just surprises me because you'll, you'll soon hit limits, which you know, makes you think, oh, I've got to upgrade. Now, I can't imagine that they're thinking, oh, well, you know, we're going to catch everybody in the upgrade process because they're going to have to go for more. Um, or whether they're doing the, the, the slight Apple trick, which is a pretty good Apple trick, which is, you know, for only this amount more, you can, you know, increase your RAM or increase your hard drive size. And, um, you know, they're very clever at their pricing models, Apple are, for that. Um, so I'm not quite sure what this is being aimed at or who this is being aimed at, unless they're actually aiming at more um, the... Um, it's, it's. I think it's more of a casual market, at least. Well, it, well, yeah, but I'm thinking longer term. I wonder if it's a more business unit that they're they're thinking about. Well, uh, let me ask you this: it, well, You're a business. <laughs> you're a business that has proprietary information. Yeah, and it's Are all. Are you on the going web. to be interested in storing that information then, on Google servers? N- no, it's no, absolutely not, absolutely not. But. Where I was going to, what I was going to say was a lot of our applications are actually web-based applications. Right. Well, that's basically what, what Chrome is, is a web-based OS. Yes. Yes. But it's all going through Google servers. Well, so unless, well, unless they're, they're, you can well, they're gonna force ha- it. They're going to have to open that up then because I'm thinking with the current scenario that they've got there, it just seems fairly restrictive. But there again... What does the average person who wants one of these machines look for? They, 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 they pretty much just do email and web surfing, don't they? So, sure. they, so they don't actually need a lot unless, unless they take pictures or videos, which, you know, would really put this into a cocked hat. Um, you know, those people aren't, you know, th- this would be useful for them. But at this price, I would say that they're going to go for a tablet anyway. So I'm, I, I can't quite get my my head around who they're aiming this. Well, that yeah. that's that now the the other Chromebooks that we were talking about from Samsung, Acer, and HP. Yeah. Uh, the Samsung one, which is uh, let me get back to that. That's a eleven point six inch display, two hundred and forty nine dollars. The right. Acer C seven is an eleven point six inch display, one hundred ninety nine dollars. Right. Right, so that the HP one is a fourteen-inch display and three hundred and twenty-nine dollars. So they're very, very inexpensive, mm. and I think part of this is probably subsidized by the fact that okay, you know, and and let's let's be honest here about what Google's business practice is. They want to know, just like Facebook and uh, you know, just like so many of these other social services, they want to know as much as they possibly can about you. Because they are selling that information to advertisers. That is how Google makes their money. It's why they don't charge for Android. It's why they offer something like the Chromebook uh, or the the Chromebox for probably not much more than it costs them to build the device itself. Mm. Because they want you to use it. Absolutely. They want you to put all of your stuff online and they will farm that. And sell that information that they've collected to advertisers. But to be honest, Apple with, does but this guy, too. But guy, to be honest with you, moving forward, that's going to become more and more difficult because um, certainly the European Union would come down on them like a ton of bricks, saying you can't just start, you know, selling these devices and farming people's information. So they will have to go through a lot of loopholes to make sure that you agree to giving them that information. Now, in a lot of cases, a lot of people will go, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, 
dorky, but there's an, an awful lot of knowledge starting to creep out there, which will make those people think twice about just saying okay. Well, they should think twice. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And I think more governments will actually push that. So, again, moving forward, I mean, this is not a product which I, I can see doing very well at the moment. So if they're thinking about it in the future, surely they'll be thinking about those processes as well and what's going to happen to them. The one thing, though, the one thing I believe, I'm not, you, you might have to correct me here, though, is this Pixel, though, is it a touchscreen device? Oh, um, I, I I believe that it is actually a touchscreen yes. device as well. Yes, it is. Gorilla um, Glass, multi-touch screen. Right. Now, so maybe that's where they're going with this. Perhaps this is their experiment out into the marketplace to see how it works and whether it does work. Well, but they've been kind of doing that with with Android. You know, and I don't think as it stands right now that any of these Chromebooks – Will run natively um, or regularly, literally, <laughs> almost, almost. Uh, that they won't run Android apps. Now, there's no reason why, if they wanted to kind of <clears throat> build up their portfolio for the Chrome OS, where they they couldn't take some of these Android apps, the, the more popular ones, and convert them over and also run them on a on a Chromebook. Um, but I I I just don't quite see you know th- this is kind of the same argument that i've got with uh the, the surface models from microsoft is you've got the surface rt which is a tablet os and a tablet device and then you've got the surface pro which is a full-blown desktop keyboard and mouse with all the apps that that come along with that that they want you to try to use as a tablet and do you know, Never the twain shall meet. Do you know, I think we're in a transitional period, and I don't think any of these companies really know what the future is going to hold. So they're putting their fingers in a few baskets to find out what is going to take and hold, and then they can run with it. Because if they're not there at the start, it's then going to make it very difficult for them to you know, then play catch-up at a later stage. Yeah, um, but the Zoom did so well. <laughs> yeah, that's a different product. <laughs> And they were late to market with that, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm really not sure. I mean, for me, if I was going to spend that amount of money, yeah, I'm biased. So I'd probably go with a MacBook Air. But, yeah, I, I, I think you know, I can't really – I can't put that down as a, a reason, can I? Because I would be biased. And, because I'm bought, I've bought into the Apple ecosphere, but I've also bought, in, bought into you know using the device and knowing how it works and knowing that generally it does work. I mean, yeah, right. the, the old ethos of – Apple saying it just works or, you know, the so-called saying that everybody uses with Apple, it just works. It's not quite as true as it used to be, but on the whole, yes, it does just work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think uh, on the whole it does. You know, most Apple products do just work. Yeah, so for, me, so for me spending that sort of money, I'd probably, I'd probably be looking at, you know, pushing up to a, a MacBook Air rather than getting one of those. But ah, for every day, Joe, that's just coming into this sort of arena, mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's an option. It's it's pricey. The touch. For it is something that is only going to work really to its fullest extent when when you have you know when you're online and have connectivity. Yeah. Um, it it just confuses me why they would actually put this device out. Well, they, they, there must be some sort of caching. They must be able to use some of the you know the, the programs offline as well because that that would make it a joke, guy. If they couldn't, it really would. Well, make I, it a joke. you know, honestly, I did go 
and you know because they have a page set up for the Chrome OS. Mm-hmm. I did go and look, and they do have an entire section in their app store, and there is a Chrome OS app store that is dedicated to apps that can be used strictly, or not strictly, but also offline. So there are apps for the Chrome OS that you can use offline. But part of the problem that we're talking about now is, okay, you have at most 32 gigs of storage with a Pixel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How much are you going to actually be able to do? And, you know, I mean, who knows how big file sizes are, but it's just, it just doesn't seem like it's a well thought out to me device. Doesn't, doesn't seem to be. You know, it, it seems, it does seem to me as if the companies at the moment are just kind of going with something to try it because they're not innovative enough to come up with something which people go, wow, now that is good. And um, I think actually everybody's in that in that same boat at the moment. Even Apple, we're we're in a you know waiting for the next big thing to come along. And you know they can't come along every few years. I think we got, we had some sort of expectation that it would happen, but I think we're going through a bit of a lull and consolidation at the moment. Yeah, I would. And, and the part that cracks me up is you read all of these <clears> articles <throat> about you know oh what's happened to Apple? Their share prices have dropped and blah 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 blah. They have to come out with an innovative product right now, and it's like really, what, really, what the hell is everybody else doing that is so innovative as compared to what Apple has done just since uh, two thousand and one? Yeah, I'd, I'd, with the I'd, iPod and I'd, iTunes and the iPhone and iPad. I mean, these were that's four products right there that shook up the individual markets that they all belonged in. Yeah, but the, you see, the and, and that that's the problem. That's exactly the problem, Guy. They shook up the markets that they were in, and that's the expectation that people that have they can now do it every time? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's an, an unfortunate expectation. And Apple know that they can't do that all the time, but they still make pretty damn good products. So Yeah. yeah. Okay, would well, you think we've uh, beaten this to death enough? I think we've whipped it into a rage. Yeah. <laughs> Take us out of your guess. Okay, everybody, stand by. <laughs> stand by. <laughs> My record's broke. <laughs> Stuck. Okay, stand by, stand by, because we will. It's not Susie. <laughs> ah, crap. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit that. You're sacked. I'll start again. Everybody, this time, stand by to stand by, uh, because Guy will be right back, because I might not. Elisa Pacelli, Suze Gilbert, Vicky Stokes, women, savvy. Geeks, three geeky ladies, technology from a female perspective. No shirt, no shoes, no podcast. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome everyone to about the third try of starting the third section of the mymac.com podcast. We we had some well, I wouldn't I wouldn't call them technical difficulties, more like uh, brain brain difficulties. <laughs> we had, we had some 
Oh, you know what? I, I'm just not even going to go there, and I'm just going to go right into this. Good idea. Hit it. Gases and tips. Mostly. Gases and tips. Mostly. Gases and tips. It's time for Gases tip. What have you got for us this week, Gaz? Okay, if you're on Mountain Lion and you use mail, and you find yourself scrolling through a load of uh, your mail uh, inboxes because I don't know I've actually got the three screen set up so I've got my uh, my mailboxes on the far left hand side and then I've got all of my mails where I either sort them by date or sort them by the flags or the mailbox or whatever it is or unread and then I've got the a view of each email in the right hand side well did you know that if you're scrolling through those uh inboxes um sorry not the um through the mails and the th- in the middle section where you can sort the items did you know that you double click on that area at the top where you can have your drop down, the little uh, reveal triangle? If you double click on the right hand side of that, it'll take you right to the very start of that selection, right to the very top. I didn't know that. And so, and it works, you know, whichever way you've got it. So if you've got, you know, uh, it's sorted by from and you've scrolled down, um, you know, in the from. Uh, section because you're trying to find an email and then you've kind of lost your way and you want to get back to the very top just double click that uh, top bar uh, and it'll take you to the very top again and then you can obviously do your sort and it might take you on an email which is again down somewhere in the middle and if you want to get again back to the very top just double click the bar and it takes you quickly to the top that's cool. I, I didn't I didn't know it would do that. Well, I found myself scrolling because I'd been looking for an email and going through and the search hadn't really come up with it. And I knew it was – and I was scrolling through and I thought, oh, dear, it must be an easier way to get to the top. And uh, I came across this little tip. So I like it. Um, is, is that it? I haven't got any more. Do you want me to do another one? <laughs> Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. Is that the uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's Tips. I just needed the the nod. Sorry. Get the nod. No. Need to nod. So, um, uh, I guess I'll go first with the app pick this week. Okay. Uh, My app pick this week is, is one I've kind of chosen in the past though it's a, a different version of it is copilot lives premium hd which is a gps app from alk technologies and uh, if you remember i i actually uh interviewed these guys while i was out there and as a matter of full disclosure uh while i was at the MacWorld expo they gave me a free promo code for the app so you know obviously i i got it for free but i figured i'd better mention that and i had been using you know the older version of the Copilot USA app and didn't have any big problems with it but I decided to go ahead and give this one a try and it, there's a big difference in for the better uh, the menus are much clearer in what they actually do and, and they make more, much more sense especially if you're listening to music or audiobooks while using the GPS app though it doesn't work if you're listening to podcasts through Apple's podcast app yeah not so much you'll have to go all the way out and then go to the app to do that. Uh, overall, I think that it's just better than uh, some of the Copilot apps that it's replacing. So if you're looking for a GPS app, consider the, the Copilot Live Premium HD app. It's not cheap at $20, but it's certainly less expensive than a standalone unit, and it works really well. 
Cool. And, and actually, that reminded me, you talking about the Apple's podcast app, because we had an update. I think we mentioned it from Steve McFadden with reference to um, deleting uh, items in the podcast app that he was having problems with. Right, right. Well, he says, um, I should have put this in. I completely forgot about it. It just reminded me when you, you mentioned it there. So apologies about that, folks, that I'm putting this completely out of orientation <laughs> yeah um, like that's never happened like that's it. so before. very quickly he says he's been playing around with uh, our suggestions from a few weeks ago but it didn't seem to be affecting his deleted podcast from the podcast app uh, which has likely been his problem from the start he says so yeah. he did more research and uh, he wanted to share his ios solution he said even though right swiping a podcast episode and pressing delete makes it disappear from the app the podcast remains in the device's memory you also need to go into settings general usage podcasts and right swipe delete them from there you can then see you can then see he says to some satisfaction your free memory increase as the episode gets flushed he says thanks (laughs) he says thanks again for all your thoughts on the subject i'm glad he was able to figure it out um in the end Uh, looking forward to the next episode from steve now interestingly enough i as you know i don't use the apple's podcast app i just put it in the the old music app under podcasts Recently, though, after one of the updates, I found that if the podcast, you know, you can go into the music app and you can change what's on the bottom bar. You know, you can put playlists on there or albums or artists or audio books or, you know, there's there's other options. If you click on edit, you can put different options Mm -hmm. down there. Well, obviously, when I have podcasts, I put podcasts on that bottom bar. So it's like quick access. It's like your taskbar, as it were, Uh, or your dock. Um, and when the podcasts are empty, it disappears. It goes back up and it puts the music orientated items back on there. So I think Apple are gathering onto the fact that people are still using the music app to listen to podcasts. But interestingly enough, any podcasts which get swiped out of there do not stay on your device. They get cleaned up. So Apple, if you're listening, I'm going to continue to use the music app, but if you want to help Steve, Make sure that when he swipes delete for his podcast in the podcasting app, that you clear it out of the cache as well, because he's going to be a very angry bunny until you do. (laughs) And nobody wants angry Steve bunnies. No, definitely not. Anyway, my pick is a donation um, where application although it is free there is a version for windows there's a version for linux and there is also a version for mac and occasionally i have to just do a few flow charts i i haven't come across a a decent app for doing that Um, and this app is called dia dia well that's not really a very good name dia but that's why i kind of said dia (laughs) but it's a better uh, than doa yeah i suppose so um it's um Dead in arrival, I suppose you could say this. Anyway, this is <laughs> it's a diagram editor. It's a flowchart software. Uh, as I say, it's a freebie. The extracts, you can do all sorts of exports from it, so you don't get tied into using the device and obviously creating some sort of magic wizard to try and get the information out and into uh, another program if like, you're presenting a flowchart. Uh, I found it, you know, it's useful. It does all sorts of auto-clicks. It's got lots of flow diagrams on there. It's got lots of shapes that you can also so import. Uh, we'll put the links into the show notes. And if you're looking um, for a flowchart application for your Mac, um, go over and just take a, a check out on this one. I did find the JPEG export a little bit 
clunky in so much as the imagery that I'd got was a little bit pixelated. But when I actually exported the images uh, on PDF, they were a lot cleaner. So you might need a little bit work on there. So uh, um, it, it's free. But go take a look. Yeah. And if and if it's not what you're looking for, great. And if it is and it does what you're looking for, then obviously donate to the, the developer. Yep. And we have a uh, people's pick from Yay. Mark Shepard. Yay, Mark. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's actually more of a, a review called the Smarter Stand from SmarterFlow.com. It's a pair of plastic clips for use with your iPad and a smart cover, smart case, or some other third-party folio cases. For $9.99 U.S. dollars, these simple clips give you some additional viewing and operating angles for your iPad or iPad mini. You get a 33-degree and 66-degree angle and a privacy partition. So position. incredibly simple. Position. Privacy what position. What did I say? Partition. Oh, position. Regularly. <laughs> so incredibly simple, so highly useful. He gives it a MyMac rating of 7 out of 10. <gasps> Excellent. Well done, Mark. He's coming yep. on. He's coming on song, isn't he? Really? Hello, hello. Yeah. No, still here. Still yeah. here. Oh, I thought we I'd have. Um, I thought I'd lost why, you. No, 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 no. Uh, why don't you take the next bit? We have something new. Oh my word! I had not seen that. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, we've got an iTunes review. Is that what you're uh, yep. pertaining to? We we have. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't kind of on song was i really uh we have a, a podcast review thank you very much from lwr032 and i've got a feeling we know who this person is and i've got a feeling you've met this person as well um this is from the united states on the 20th of february 2013 this was my first listen to my map podcast february 20th 2013 he, i had met guy at macworld this year and he got me interested in the podcast I will be listening to more of my Mac podcast. It's entertaining while educational. Mm. Which one mm. did you listen to? Um, <laughs> and just the right length. Thanks, Guy and Gaz, for putting out a great podcast. I learned quite a bit from it, and we'll continue listening. You guys are quite funny. <laughs> well, that's great. Thank you so much, LWR032. Make sure you send me an email, because if you're just starting to listen to us now, there is something you might not know about, and it's called a Wooty. Absolutely. And this is something that I make for anyone who sends us an iTunes review, and it, it's customized with just for you, and it's great for it, – it's got a 1,001 uses. It yeah, really, really it does. Has, it, most people that get these, I know, put them in a gold frame and actually put them in a very prominent place in their homes. Oh, they do? They do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Or are you pulling my leg? Yeah, they put them on the fire. <laughs> yeah, just over the fireplace. <laughs> maybe maybe a little closer to the to the fire than it's probably good for it. <laughs> Smoking. Smoking hot. So if LWRO three two would like a Woody, she can contact me via email, guy at mymac.com, or on the Twitters at twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot. How can they get a hold of you, Gaz? Very easily. Gaz at MyMac.com or on the Twitters, Twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz. That's G-A-Z-M-A-Z. 
You can also contact us on twitter.com forward slash guy and gaz. That's G U Y A N D G A Z. Z. How else, guys? And they can also contact uh, Fearless Leader Tim, who will send it on to us uh, at feedback at 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 at. Send that to feedback, F E E D B A C K. At mymac.com.z. No, there's no Z. <laughs> don't throw a Z in there. No, because you, email you, you, you don't nowhere. know what's going to happen if you do that. You can also <laughs> call the Skype number. We've got a Skype number. Use it. Call it now. It's 703-436-9501. Guy, tell them that again. That number again? What was that number again? I th- I just You're not listening to me. I said, Guy, oh, tell them the number again. I'm sorry. 703-436-9501. <laughs> Nine five zero one, <laughs> and um, which kind of leads into saying that uh, I think you know. I well, think. no, not yet, not yet, not yet. Oh, sorry. I would like to say thank you to everyone <laughs> who has downloaded the mymac.com podcast. Yeah, you're mad, all of you. You're mad. <laughs> totally insane. Totally insane. Please stay insane please, and keep doing it. Please. We really appreciate it. Stay mad. Stay mad, stay mad, stay frosty, stay frosty, man. So with that in mind... I don't know where I, you're going with that. <laughs> I had no idea. It was like an Aliens reference, but, you know, it okay. just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, I think that, Gaz, that this is the best show that we have ever done. Certainly one of the easiest. And that I'm good enough, and that Dave Hamilton is smart enough, and doggone it, people like us. Hebrew. No, you're supposed to say the word. Oh, no, I was trying to make you laugh. <laughs> you did. Zaha Zikum. <laughs> I'm going to get so much stick for that. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can also find other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Not Another Mac Podcast, the Mac Specialist Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the TeacherCast Podcast, the Apple Junkies Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. My Mac Podcast 446, 134th Times the Charm. No, that wasn't right. It was supposed to be 134th. How does that wait? How how would that be? How would that work? 134 times the charm. 134th times. How are you, the charm? Reco- how are you recording this? I am. <laughs> 134th time the charm. So I I, I, I actually right. have it right in the title. It doesn't read right though. Uh, 134th time the charm. Mm, 134th time. No, it's the charm. Yeah, what you got to do is this: is put a comma in there. I think 134th time the charm. Just no, it doesn't work either. Well, you got to you got to delay it because you're you're saying 134th time. It didn't read right. (laughs) Read right web. (laughs) Just go with 134th time the charm. Okay, and then say whatever at the end. Okay, we are recording. <clears throat> so far, this is going really smooth. Yeah. Something yeah. must be wrong. Something must be wrong. <laughs> okay, you ready? No. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. It was, I was lying. <laughs>
stop it. You shouldn't lie. No, that's bad, isn't it? And welcome everyone to the last section of the MyMac.com podcast. We 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 um, we're we're hoping that uh, things are are not going to go serious. Oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving it then. No, I'm not. Let's, let's try that again, I shall would, we? I would. Yes. <laughs>